Chapter 3. Not incorrect, just incomplete. Sharon and I, I'm Gerald, have an unusual sense of humor that has run rampant through our marriage and its years of precious memories. We're often telling jokes and pulling pranks. Okay, I tell the jokes and I pull the pranks, but she listens and joyfully bears the brunt of the punchline or the practical joke. Our sleeping habits vary. She's a morning person. I'm a night person. I scoot into the bed long after she's asleep and tumble out long after she's awake. But I do try to turn down the bed for her before she gets there. And I try to make the bed when I get up. One day, she must have recognized my sneaky smile and asked what I was up to. I just continued smiling and tried not to give away anything. She prodded me more about what I had done and what I was thinking. But again, I just smiled. She kept after me until I broke down and told her, Oh, nothing. I just made the bed for you. But I guess my snicker kept her suspicions up. What have you done? She asked. Nothing. Just made the bed, I answered. Did you short sheet the bed again? No. Well, what did you do? Nothing. I just made the bed. Did you steal my pillow? No. Did you steal the covers? No. Well, what did you do? Nothing. You're so suspicious. More snickering and mischievous smile continues to ease out of me. I'm going to see. Upstairs she went, and that's when the laughter poured out of the bedroom. You see, I made the bed, but only half, the half I slept on. There it was, straight, neat, and nearly perfect on one side, and crumpled, tossed, and full of wrinkles on the other. My statement, I made the bed, was not incorrect, but it was incomplete. It only gave part of a whole picture, which was a distortion of the way it really was. On a lot of courtroom television dramas, when a person is sworn in, they're asked to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. This whole truth provides an accurate picture of something. Cat theology doesn't provide an accurate whole picture of God's Word, His will, or His ways. Cat theology is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. And in becoming incomplete, it is a distortion of what He wants and what he has to say to us. Let's see how this works in the Christian life. Cats are saved from hell, but their version of the gospel stops there. Once they're saved, they think, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, I'm going to heaven. But for dogs, getting saved is merely a stepping stone to what the true purpose of life and the gospel is all about. Dogs are saved from hell for worshiping God and glorifying Him. They know that their salvation has a single purpose, to glorify God by enjoying His presence and worshiping Him. And dogs learn to do that 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, there was a huge difference between being saved from something and being saved for something. When you're saved from something, the focus is on you, what you get out of it. Salvation's all about the following. You not going to hell. You not having to pay the penalty you deserve. You getting God's mercy. You receiving God's grace. You getting to be with God for all eternity. You having Christ prepare a place for you in His Father's mansion. When you're saved for something, you know and agree with all of the above. But your focus is on God. With a God-centered focus, your salvation goes a step further. 
pointing to God's mercy, worshiping Him, giving Him the glory He deserves, lifting His name on high, exalting Him for His greatness, singing praise forever and ever. Now, is there anything wrong with being saved from hell? No, but it can't stop there. By itself, it is incomplete. Cat theology is only about us getting to heaven. Dog theology includes that, but also goes beyond it to radiating and revealing the glory of God. Prayers Incomplete cat theology can come out in your prayers. Listen to this prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Amen. Now, did you notice the period after sins? That period stands for complete. End of thought. It's done. There's no indication as to why he died on the cross for our sins, and therefore it implies that it is about us. That prayer is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. When dogs hear that prayer, they want to cry out, Finish the prayer! <laughs> Finish the prayer! He died on the cross for our sins so that we might honor him, so that we might glorify him, and so that we might point to him for his mercy. The cats are only worried about their sins. So they finish the prayer being thankful their sins have been forgiven and miss the bigger reason of why Christ died for them, so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. Romans 15.9 Blessings Cat theology has an incomplete view of blessings. God blesses us for a reason. Genesis 12 reveals why God blessed Abraham. He said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. God blessed Abraham so that he would be a blessing, not just to those around him, but to all the peoples of the earth. God blesses us for that same reason. We are blessed to be a blessing. God wants that blessing to pass through us to the very ends of the earth. Cats want to gather the blessings in a bucket and keep them for themselves. But blessings were never designed to be hoarded in a bucket. Dogs see themselves as a garden hose or a pipeline whose purpose is not to be filled with water, but to carry it elsewhere not as the faucet that only opens and dispenses blessings for itself. Dogs enjoy the blessings and pass them on to others. Dogs see themselves as a conduit or pipeline of blessings. They understand that God has a plan for the blessings he presents to us. God knows whom he wants to bless through you tomorrow, next week, next year, and for the rest of your life. He sees through you to others and wants others to see him through you. He desires to be made known to people of every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. This is one of the key reasons God wants to bless you. But cats stop short of the greater goal to be a blessing to others, and that leaves God's goal incomplete. They like to keep the blessings for themselves instead of passing them on. You can see this incompleteness all through the Sunday school lessons we are taught from the scriptures. Take, for example, Daniel in the lion's den. Now, what lesson do we learn from it? God will take care of us in times of trouble. Now, that lesson's not incorrect, but it is incomplete. Why? 
It only focuses on what God is doing for us, His desire to bless us. What's been left out is the reason why God blesses us. You remember the story. The king finds out who the bad guys are, and he takes Daniel out of the lion's den and throws the bad guys in. He then writes a memo from his desk and sends it to all the kings of the earth, saying, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Daniel 6, 26. What's happening here? You've got a Gentile king who is making God famous to all of the other Gentile kings around the world. This is the other lesson we can learn from Daniel and the lion's den. As God takes care of you, people from different countries and cultures will be so impressed that they will go and tell others in their country about your God. How do dogs apply it to their lives? They teach that we should get to know the people from other countries and cultures living around us and let them see our lives so that we can make God famous to them. But cats rarely learn that lesson. They seem quite content to be blessed. What they have learned is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. Do you need another example? How about when Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of carnal pleasures and he gets blessings in addition to the wisdom. What do cats learn from this? As they seek wisdom from God, he's going to bless them in addition to the wisdom. Well, this is true. It's only half the story. What's the other half? Dogs find it linked to Solomon's reputation. Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings on the face of the earth. As a result, others came from the farthest regions to see the wisdom God had given to him. 1 Kings 10 23 and 24. Solomon basically held international wisdom seminars. Don Richardson, the missionary author and speaker, coined that phrase. What does Proverbs tell us about what Solomon taught? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 9 verse 10. Solomon made God famous and blessed the other nations with the knowledge of God. How can this apply to us? God has blessed America with some of the greatest insights and technologies so that people from all over the world come to our backyard to study. And yet, while this is a great opportunity to make God famous to the international students living among us, International Students Incorporated is telling us that 70 to 80 percent of all international students are never invited into an American home. Why? Well, we're so steeped in cat theology. Cats are so focused on how they can be blessed by God that they never have time to think of people from other countries, much less to invite them to become a part of their lives, and from that, to make God famous. Do you need even more examples? How about being still before God? Psalm 46.10. You know it. Fill in the rest of the verse. Be still and... Now, odds are you didn't fill in the rest of the verse. Oh, sure, you got the know that I am God part, but that's only the first third of the verse. What does the rest of it say? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's the rest of Psalm 4610, but few people know it. Why? Cat theology has kept us focused only on what God does for us and not on what God wants us to do in and through us. What does the verse mean? 
It means that as you are still before the Lord, as you are having quiet times alone with Him, as you are worshiping Him for His glory, He wants you to focus on seeing His glory go to all the nations of the earth. For He declares, it is His will. You're to be praying that His glory will shine in the 1040 window. You're to be concerned about what's happening in all the world. You're to be lifting up the needs of the Hindu world, the Buddhist world, the Chinese world, and all the other areas untouched with the gospel. You're to be asking God for laborers because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. What cats have learned is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. There's another half of the gospel for cats to learn. There are many more stories in the Bible, but many Christians have only learned half of what there is to learn. As far as lessons go, cats have another half of the Bible to discover. To learn more about this, please read God's Bottom Line by Bob Shogren and get a much better understanding of that missing half. Incorrect Examples and Teaching Where do we learn much of this incorrect teaching and theology? We learn it from the examples around us. It usually comes not from what is said, but from what is not said. At a large Christian conference of 20,000 young people in the early 90s, a telephone call was made to another Christian conference of a similar size. The audience was waiting as the speaker kept saying, Hello? Hello? Are you there? Finally, the connection was made. Yes, we're here. And then the very first words were spoken from the speaker in the United States. How is God blessing? The response heard was all about God's blessings to them as a group. All good, all healthy, but something was missing. The question was not incorrect, but it was incomplete. Not once did the speaker say, how is God being blessed? How is God being glorified? Or how is God being exalted? As a result, what was being subtly communicated was that it was all about us. We are what God died for and lives for. It was cat theology coming from the main speaker in front of 20,000 people. You can hear incomplete theology and incomplete teaching on Christian radio and from the pulpit. Have you heard the analogy of a bird in the bird cage? The story involves a bird feeling cooped up in a cage. The bird is feeling cramped and it wants to fly. It wants to spread its wings and be free. But little does the bird know that there's a cat right outside the cage waiting to grab it. The moral of the story is that the bird needs to stay inside the cage for its own good. The lesson's supposed to be an analogy of the way many Christians feel cooped up in the laws and the desires of God. As a result, they think it's not fair to have to abide within those restrictions. But just as the bird was safe in the cage, we are safe within God's laws, which were written for our protection. Although the above teaching is true, it is incomplete. Could it ever be that God would allow the bird to be killed by the cat? No, we cry. That would never happen. Why? We never tend to think about it from the cat's perspective. We like to think it is all about the bird or us. God would never want hardship or harm to come to us. Cats have therefore failed to apply dog theology to the times when God allowed Paul to be beaten multiple times, Stephen to be stoned to death, or multitudes of Christians to be martyred for his glory. Did you notice that when we talk about martyrdom, 
we talk about it in terms of God's glory, but when we talk about God's blessings, we rarely mention them in the context of His glory. We just focus in on the blessings. Implications. This has direct implications on how we pray for our nation. Cats want God to bless America for America's sake. They envision a better economy with bigger homes, lower interest rates where the taxes are few and the gas is cheap. Dogs want God to bless America not only for the above reasons, but also so that America might be one of the greatest exporters of His glory to all the nations of the earth. Dogs are constantly envisioning a better economy. So short-term mission teams have the money to go to the ends of the earth where finances can be raised up to help the Jesus film get into places where the gospel hasn't been heard, where long-term missionaries can raise their full support in under a year's time, where third-world missions can get a boost from America's churches to send their laborers out fully supported, and where politicians live holy lifestyles so that Christianity's reputation is held in high honor. This is how dogs pray for America. Surely, by now you've heard of the book, if not read, The Prayer of Jabez. Having sold millions, it has been a bestseller. Bruce Wilkinson is the author. His heart is that of a dog. He wrote it for the specific purpose of getting many Christians to ask God to bless their lives and their ministries so that the gospel would get out to the ends of the earth. He is a dog through and through. Unfortunately, it's being read by cats. People are asking God not for greater ministry opportunities, but for larger homes, bigger raises, nicer cars. They've missed out that God's blessings are for a purpose, to reflect His glory, to make Him famous, and to be a blessing to people of every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. We have to see beyond the blessings and look into the reasons behind them. Romans 11.36 sums it up completely. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. How many things? All. Not most. Not lots. Not the vast majority of. But all. Now that's the way to see a blessing. Think of the two lessons, the one we know and the one we often miss, as two rails on a railroad track. One rail we'll call the blessings, which we're all familiar with. The other rail we'll call being a blessing, which most Christians usually miss. Which rail would the cat be found walking on? That's right. The rail marked the blessings. They love the blessings of God and stay focused on them. But stop there. Where will you find the dog walking? Now think it through before you answer because the answer might surprise you. The dog would be walking on both rails. Dogs enjoy the blessings and are a blessing. Make sure you're clear on this point. Dog theology is not the absence of cat theology. Rather, it is the completion of it. Don't think that a dog church is solely focused on God that humanity gets totally lost in it. No! Not letting people know of God's love for them and the blessings that He has for them is in and of itself an incomplete theology as well. A healthy dog church would have many lessons and passages on God's love and blessings. The difference is, is that they wouldn't stop there. They would go further and talk about revealing God's glory by blessing others in the process as well.